When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yesterday's concert is a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. I mean, yeah, there's always that. You always want to do something new and not be stagnant. Also, like our our first record came before Jeff had joined us and Kirby had joined us live. And like we were like 20 years old when we made that. So it's like you're not going to make the same music at age 30 something that you made when you were 20 years old. Yeah, you don't have the same influences or you grow in experiences and what things you like just taste always change. change. Yeah, the, the taste change. And uh, it's not like we don't like the original shit we made it's just like a little more in, in the rock form and we like experimenting and we like we like having fun welcome to yesterday's concert a podcast that celebrates live music my name is lance ingram and in this episode we talk to mo lauda and the humble Band members Shane, Jeff, and Kirby discuss their new self-titled album and their love for playing live music together. Grab your earplugs because it's about to get Mo Lauda. Dude, really? You did that? Come on, be cool. So I'm here with Mo Lauda and The Humble. Guys, can you introduce yourselves? We got a party today. Ooh, welcome to the party. My name's Shane. I'm Jeff. I'm Kirby. Man, we got the party here today, guys. I'm excited to talk to you about your new self-titled album. But before we get into that, I want to talk about some icebreakers first. I want to get to know you guys. Uh, so first question, is there a city that you guys specifically love to hit because of the food? Because of the food? Mm. I want to say Austin for food or Charleston. Mm-hmm. Austin for food. Charleston's food's great. New Orleans food's awesome, Always. Too. Do you got a favorite restaurant in Austin or Charleston that you love to hit? I, in Charleston, I love home team barbecue. I'm yeah. kind of obsessed with things. Or Zalba, Zalbao, is that the name of the place? With the Zalbao Rocks, yeah. It's pretty good, yeah. The th- so, is that Thai? Or? It's like a fusion. Fusion, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, that's right. It's awesome. What's the seafood spot? Bowen, Bones Island. Oh, yeah, Bones Island. Bones yeah. Island's good, too. So how do you put not put like a 1,000 pounds on when you're on tour? Like, I mean, it sounds like you're eating good. We work, we work it off on stage. Yeah. There you I, go. I always come back plus 5 to 10. That's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> Good deal. All right. So next question. Uh, what's a vocalist that you just insanely envy their talents that you're incredibly jealous of their vocal pipes? Vocalist. Mm. Paul McCartney. Ooh, I like that one. Alan Stone's vocals are amazing. Oh, yeah. Mm. Tom York always. Yeah, Tom York's a good one. There's someone on the two of my tongue that's got a really unique voice that I really like that mm. sounds weird. I like uh, Father John Missy's voice. Mm. Oh, cool. very good. Those are great. Yeah, that's a good Sinatra. one, too. I mean, if we're going old school. <laughs> old school, yeah. <laughs> old school. <laughs> All right, so last one, and then we'll jump into the conversation. Have uh, Have any of you ever met your idol? They say never meet your idols, so no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't have you. Cl- something close to an idol. Maybe. Who is that? It's weird. I would say different. I would probably have said something different. A long time ago but as i get older i feel like i don't idolize as much i just like i don't know it's like 
start becoming the same age you're like it's not it's not like an idol it's more like a peer but like a, someone that you look up to i don't mm. know idol just seems so big too mm-hmm. big word so more like a mentor then kind mentor of maybe. yeah but like not a personal mentor maybe a like okay something, something in my mind. yeah yeah an influence. so do you have somebody like in mind or is there somebody you're thinking of? i've met, I met tepe from thrice before and i was like i really like looked up to him and his whole their whole band when i was younger yeah still do did he him. uh impart some wisdom or anything with you when nah, you it, was, it, was, it was just like we just were kind of like playing a piano together yeah That's cool. were, like where was that electric factory nice I uh, I peed next to Brian Blade once at the Village Vanguard in New York. That's fantastic. I was too scared to say anything, so I didn't say anything. Was he pe- was he peeing in rhythm? <laughs> he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really great. Pee Did it have him. a swing to it? Yeah, swing. swing I got another story. Actually, I, I met Nels Klein. I like really like Nels Klein. I made a guitar pedal oh. twelve years ago, ten years ago. I was at the Blue Note, and uh, nice. I made a, a guitar pedal. I was based off of like a Klein Centaur, which is like an overdrive pedal. Mm. And I called it the Klein Tour. <laughs> and I had my friend draw like a pseudo Centaur looking thing, but it kind of looked like a dick with legs. <laughs> <laughs> and I wrote on the bottom of it, like it's acid edge. I have it with me. I'm going to grab it right now. It's called, it says fuck nails on it. <laughs> Did you like it? So I like show him this pedal. Like I show him a picture of this pedal that says fuck nails on it. Klein Tour. Because you love it's amazing. Because I, I was like, this guy's the man. I just, yeah, I just like make fun of him because I like him so much, you know. And he like looks at me like I'm a total idiot and just like turns around and walks away. <laughs> and I was just like, I was just like in shock. I was like, dude, I just, I absolutely ruined that for myself. And I just like, <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, that's, that's fantastic. Amazing. Well, I don't see how that can be topped. So we'll uh, we'll just jump into the conversation then. Uh, so just to get some basics out of the way, kind of a standard question. Tell me, walk me through the backstory of making the self-titled album. How long have you been working on it? Where'd you start recording it? Who wrote it? All that good stuff. We worked on it over, kind of over the pandemic, over a couple of years. We had just released our third LP, like in March of 2020, and, you know, canceled that whole release tour and everything. And obviously a bummer not to get a, to play those songs out live, but we did eventually do it. Yeah, we just kind of started thinking what would be a good move. And we did a couple like retreats, like one in Virginia and one in um, upstate New York, just to try to like get in there, not worry about tracking anything, just get the juices flowing and see what we what 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 comes out. Um, We started with some ideas of like demos that Jordan had started. He had already had like a couple jammers kind of like half finished a couple like that were like pretty true to the final form but um more than half of it kind of came out of thin air of us just playing around and jamming in these like pretty places where we just focused on playing what was the the kind of general headspace that you guys were in as you were starting to write that was it i mean could you talk about writing into the pandemic was there kind of some fear and concern or was it just more like we're away it's nice we're at this retreat kind of what was the headspace i think jordan was here he had to say something different for me it was just, i was just like writing music like this is kind of something I feel like I have to do constantly to feed some type of, I guess, purpose or something or just itch. So I was just like ready to write more music. I think Jordan was probably would have a better answer based on because he writes the lyrics. I know he was had a hard time with that. Like, I don't want to write about the pandemic. Like, that's just low hanging fruit for him. So I think he was having a hard time finding something that would lyrically be inspirational. 
And I can't really speak on that behalf, but for me, it was just like enjoying the process of like, you want to write some more music? I'm down. Let's do it. Yeah. So. I mean, we didn't really want to have boundaries on this one. We wanted to maybe explore our, or get our more experimental flavors and on down on, down on wax in a way and not be too worried about what we did before because we've been a band for a long time and we're, you can't make the same record over and over again. And, and we won't make the same record over and over again. We were kind of maybe being a little more boundaryless with the, with the genres or the sonics mm-hmm. that we went for. It was overall whatever goes kind of thing, mm-hmm. as long as it feels good. I know like uh, Kirby wasn't with us before. And then when we were writing those songs, there's always like a thing in the back of your head, how are you going to do this live? So like, that aspect of like being like we don't have to think about any of that stuff like just kind of open the flood doors for like if i want to write a song on or if we one of us wants to write on a different instrument the whole way through mm-hmm. we can because we'll be able to play whatever we need to because we got this little i'm here i, I made it <laughs> yeah writing, writing for a more expansive band was definitely mm-hmm. something we kept in mind because yeah previous records we were like we're a three three-piece rock and roll band guitar bass and drums we got to be able to do it justice live and with Kirby and his talents, the live performances stepped up in a way. Well, it's, I want to go back and talk about ready code a little bit. Cause I mean, it was released right like a week before everything shut down. So, I mean, it's just terrible timing. So what was the disappointment of not getting to promo and tour that album? Like, I mean, you worked on it for I'm assuming years and then everything gets shut down. What was the disappointment in that? I mean, you know, you kind of want every release to have a big, a uh, larger push and get out to a wider audience than it previously has and a big part of that is people seeing those songs mm-hmm. in person and that just didn't happen and even if people are listening to it you just don't get to get it out and even if on paper it doesn't fall flat on its face it kind of feels like like you just weren't able to do it at, at justice or mm-hmm. yeah, let it have its day yeah we had plans obviously that we couldn't execute money that was spent that couldn't just was mm-hmm. bound to waste pretty much yeah it's disappointing but I mean, I wasn't brought. I, I wasn't brought down by it. I guess maybe I had some blind faith that this mm-hmm. would pass or something. But it was definitely like anticlimactic. We were playing. We were about to play like our first show at Union Transfer River, which is like a big pool venue in Philly. And we had sold like a lot of tickets, and we were like, "Oh my god, we're like going to sell this huge place out." And it was like three days before the show, yeah. and they were like, "Actually, mm-hmm. no, you can't play this show." <laughs> and we we're like, "Damn." Yeah, we definitely just put a huge pause on some important milestones that we wanted to hit at that mm-hmm. point in our careers. Do you feel like you lost some momentum? I mean, there was a moment. I think we were feeling that way for a little bit. I mean, right now, I, I yeah. it's been so far now. We're like on for the next a little bit, but as soon as we were able to do the thing, we, we never stopped. We kept writing. Yeah. I mean, I think we thought like, Hey, this definitely didn't, we, we were, we were feeling some buzz and there was definitely talks of like, God damn, like that sucks that this happened right at this moment. But I mean, I think, at least in my mind, I, I just know that it happened. It's like it happened to the world. So, like, it's not like it's we lost, like, lost an advantage. Like, it's not just, like, that happened. Other things kept on going. It was like everything stopped. So, it was like it cryogenically froze. So, we were able to come back. And we also, like, luckily had a really on top agent that's just really on top of keeping his ear to, like, what the industry was doing. So, we were able to, like, get back on the road as soon as it made sense and we were able to play venues like i know a lot of people struggled to get into venues and book shows but our our guy was on top of it and had been just really ear to the ground so we were at least able to pick up where we left off 
and that first wave of like playing shows after everyone, mm-hmm. everyone was so cooped up kind of like reinstated some momentum i guess or at least it, if if there wasn't one at least it was a positive experience enough that like it restored confidence i think mm-hmm. yeah and we worked on jordan's solo record we did a bunch of live streams which like weren't our favorite things to do but like we were doing multi-cam live streams that we were engineering and filming ourselves and that kind of thing was really fun for our fans and like you know it showed that like we weren't just sitting around watching tv even though we were like we were still going to play going to play our songs in some way some form did it did not being able to tour it immediately and as you're starting to write the self-titled album did that play into how you wrote the songs because you you weren't able to kind of road test those songs to see how people reacted i'm not too sure because we don't always road test everything and you know we knew that it was going to take some figuring out how to replicate things in a live setting so I, actually that did pass my mind at one point in time there was a time we played a couple songs live and they didn't translate as well and that always can be just because people don't know the songs it might be the where you put in the set and that made me think of like shit like we it's a good idea to like play these play songs live first to see which ones actually resonate with people anyway you know like I mean, some people do it that way like these songs are good because the fans were alive and people like hearing it so let's record these ones kind of thing but we didn't Although that's a cool idea. It passed. I, I think it passed in my mind, but it didn't stick like this is a problem or anything. Yeah. Went back and listened to all four of your albums in succession. And there, I mean, it's kind of like you said earlier, there is definitely a little bit of a sonic shift with this album. It is a little bit different. What was the intentionality? I mean, it's like you, you said, you mentioned you've been a band for 10 years. Was it just wanting to push yourselves, trying to kind of avoid stagnation? Or was it just a desire to do something new? What was the reason for that? I mean, yeah, there's always that. You always want to do something new and not be stagnant. Also, like our our first record came before Jeff had joined us and Kirby had joined us live. And like we were like 20 years old when we made that. So it's like you're not going to make the same music at age 30 something that you made when mm-hmm. you were 20 years old. You know, yeah, you don't have the same influences or you grow in experiences and what things you like just taste always change. change. Yeah, the, the taste change. And uh, it's not like we don't like the original shit we made it's just like a little more in the in the in the rock form and we like experimenting and we like yeah. we like having fun i mean i noticed that it's a little this is probably not the correct but the, the new album is a little more melodramatic in some ways like musically as well as lyrically and i and i don't think that's a bad thing at all please don't hear me say it like that no but i, I mean i do think it is a little bit it's a heavier album than the other three before it in my opinion is that kind of accurate do you feel yeah, I mean, again, Jordan Jordan would be able to speak better on the on the lyrical content. It definitely was intentional. And we had Jeff writing a lot of a lot of guitar parts and we're leaning on him for a lot of the ambiences and stuff like that. And we like we're still fans of the rec of like the traditional LP, like the record, and we really wanted it the whole thing to have peaks and valleys and and you know, go through the journey and you got to have some slower stuff and some more ambient stuff if you're going to create a record that has a little part of every genre or all forms of music. I feel like it has to have ebb and flows so you kind of realize that going into it too. Mm-hmm. Like we didn't shut down any like slower songs or anything because of because it was too mellow or it was because we needed to curate something specifically. It was like any song would make sense in the context, especially if you're telling like a... It's not a conceptual album by any means because everything's got different th- different themes and stuff, but... I think not being scared to play all those different genres is really more of the, we like that sound. 
Mm -hmm. let's play that type let's play that music there was just no like we don't need to be something i think yeah i think with some of the some of the mellower tracks too like they're kind of like meditative in a way when we were writing them and playing them like we just liked the we just liked how it felt and how it made our the hair on our arms stand up a little bit and we would just play them over and over again it was really fun to like live in those worlds and it's nice to bring that back live with those memories and that peace of mind so when you were going into writing these was it like you were listening to insert artists and you're like hey i want to do a song like them or was it more so just kind of a natural like what was the what was kind of the inspiration by going into that you said something about like kind of in that vein i was just curious if you could expand on that some i don't know if there was anyone in particular i think it was just a culmination of our of our influences yeah i couldn't like point to any anything specifically i'm sure like for me before i like go right like i might be listening something or i might think of things that i like and imagine that feeling or even specifically imagine how it's played and like not played right when i go to play something like like that that's how people write sometimes they're like there's some music happening around me what should i do your mind thinks to the stuff you've heard before and what works you know it's not like you're just going to play something you're going to think of something that exists usually so that's how it subconsciously gets in there whether or not specifically you're thinking of it i don't think i personally was and i know a lot of times like a lot of these songs were just like one person just noodling and another person here like making making dinner or like getting a making a cocktail or something like hearing like some sound happening and then being like i'm gonna go join in was the writing pretty organic then i mean it sounds like it just kind of like flowed out of the, the experience at least most of them yeah some of them would be like just I would write a demo, send it to Jordan, he'd shop it, send it back, and it would be better. And then we'd sit down and then figure that out even tighter and then like let it marinate for a while, forget about it. Yeah. Um, a couple of times sat down here and just looked at each other with guitars and I was just like, what's the first riff? That's what he started to play. And then I would like just record it and chop it up and just like that would like that would be like a more produced style. Then there was the ones that were just jams. Yeah. And then in the same vein, there's the ones where Jordan kind of had like a nice a nice two minutes of a pop song that he had in mind. And then it's just like, he would bring it to me and Jeff and we'd, he'd be like, what, what, with this what the fuck's the part three? Let's yeah, figure yeah, this yeah, out, you know? Yeah. Or is this make, could this be, whatever I have, could this be better? We usually go through the blender, get blended up, make a smoothie. Yeah. And I think, I think for one of the first times we like, we weren't really doing a lot of active writing in the mm -hmm. studio. Like when we, by the time we tracked drums, like we'd already written and rehearsed and I knew what I was going to lay down. Whereas a lot of times, I mean, we still tried out different things, but a lot of times in the past, we'd have to be like making the riffs or, or ready fills. Redico specifically was like more studio-ish. Yeah, more in the studio. We have the song and would try different beats and stuff and sections over top of this one. We, did, we worked hard on pre-production a lot more because we record our own records and it was, the execution was definitely easier because we knew what we were doing and what we wanted out of it it sounds like this was a little bit more of a relaxed atmosphere to writing this project than the other ones is that accurate hmm. it's hard to say it, it, just, it felt honestly it feel it felt pretty similar in a way like I, maybe it's just my, my memory not serving me correctly but mm -hmm. like i didn't feel like it was more difficult in any way or even more relaxing sometimes it was harder because we were like we're stiff we're stuffing ourselves in this we we're like in like a barren area of like the upstate, the Catskills and just like, it was beautiful. We had an awesome house, but we were there and there was nothing but that to do. So there was an obligation to be like, 
all right, let's, let's make something. All right. What can we make now? So we were trying to work. Yeah. So that, that way was a little bit more work at times because we would kind of force ourselves to do writing sessions rather than. Right. And I guess maybe it's hard to tell. I, it's almost like I don't have a memory of the other things. <laughs> I record so much music that I, and I don't write it down. And like, I don't, we don't, we don't do the, I don't do the best job of documenting how it was. And, I mean, some day, sometimes we, if we were up there for four days, we'd do like two 12-hour days and come up with like three full songs and have them finished. And like that was a lot of work. But then on the third day, we're just like, let's just like make some drinks and go look at trees. Like we, we, did, we, we did the work and then we'd chill, you know. But I do want to – there's one song that in particular, it's, I think it's my favorite on the album, is Beach Town. I think that was the first single that you guys released from it. So can you kind of tell me the story of that song, kind of how you came up with that one, kind of the history of it? That one was one of – that was one of the – uh when said more was like fleshed out by Jordan and we were just like, you know, that's tight. Let's not really do too much to that. Like it was just program drums, guitar riffs. And they were like, you know, they were like mostly like they are now, like I played guitar on that one and changed some of the phrasing of, of the riffs during like the chorus, but most of it's the same. Just some of the, because we oriented it or we uh, embellished it with two guitars rather than one and they're doing different things, but they're kind of doing the same thing. So I took his idea and like kind of just, played with it but other than that you did a different drum group than you i mean yeah i kind of i kind of had to like uh drill myself at home into playing the shuffle bernard purdy steely dan style because it sounds like a simple thing but like it's like the last piece like i always thought as a drummer to get like in your bones to keep that shuffle going the whole time and sound fluid and be able to do fills and stuff around it i definitely know that there was a, like a wanting to like not be scared to play a little classic rock was kind of there too. Like, yeah. Calling a little chill, chill Thin Lizzy or something like that, you know? Yeah. I didn't want to say it, but yeah. yeah, like, yeah. yeah like Thin Lizzy's, that song is, that shit's pretty tight. And like, I'm, in my mind, I'm wondering, I'm wondering too, maybe guitar music, it hasn't been fashionable for a while, but we were just like, we're going to make it cool with this one. You know what I mean? Let's bring back the. Yeah. You can some, do the classic shit. You just have to, we just want to be careful with our colorization of the of the sounds so that it's doesn't come off as 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 because it could go to radio rock really quick if you're if you're doing distorted guitars and big old drums, you know. Well, I mean, how do you think this album fits into kind of the the current music scene with what's popular and everything like that? Do you, I mean, you're talking about guitars not being fashionable, but you have guitars all over this album. So, how do you think it fits in, or do you even care? Well, I. We had a lot of guitars, but a lot of times the guitars are making sounds that don't sound like guitars, you know, more synth-like or more ambience-like. I mean, I don't want to speak about playlists too much, but like all the singles like had had gotten pretty different playlisting and different groupings on the on the digital streaming platforms, you know. Um, there's some that are on chill singer songwriter. There's some that are on like things called rock and vibes, like all new indie stuff like that. So really like it's it's a rock album. It's a singer songwriter album. It's an indie rock album. It's an alternative album. I don't know if that it, makes any sense. <laughs> it's music, man. I don't know. And there's so much shit. There's so much shit out there. I mean, like, sorry, I don't I don't even that'd be straight up. I don't even I don't really keep up with anything or like what's popular. I don't know what medium to go to look at and or check out music from. I usually just I listen to old shit. I think a lot of times, like I'm still catching up. I'm listening. I'm catching up with what was hip in 2012. Man. Yeah. Oh, that was cool in 2012. I I wasn't cool enough to get that. Now, yeah. like you know, like Jeff, Jeff and I did a two hour did a two hour drive of 
of Pink Floyd the other day, but like of like their early seventies, like soundtrack material. Like, you know, we weren't, we weren't ripping all the hits though. We ripped some. So. Yeah. I mean, I thought I knew something. I thought I knew a little bit about Pink Floyd. I don't. (laughs) (laughs) So dope. I I think it's, I think it's up to the listener where they want to place it. You know, I mean, isn't that kind of the benefit of modern music is that we have like what, 60 years of recorded music now to draw inspiration from. I mean, in this conversation, I've heard references to Steely Dan, then Lindsay, Pink Floyd, all these classic artists. But I mean, you guys are making music in 2023 and you're still drawing inspiration on them and saying you're finding things about them that you never knew about. So, I mean, it seems like that's still pretty profound and impacting and influencing you. Yeah, absolutely. That is cool. There's an, there's an endless pool of, of music to, to draw from and enjoy. Going back to kind of challenging yourself sonically, I mean, that, that kind of reiterates the point of like, why you want to push yourself to continue doing something different is, I mean, all this stuff has been done before to some degree, so you might as well sample some other stuff, right? We weren't trying to sound like any of those artists. We were maybe more so in the the approach or the ethos or the, or the colorization of, of the Sonics. Weren't shooting to sound like anything. Just wanted to sound like us and do something new. And it was always weird though. Like you're like, I'm always striving to not sound, not do the same thing I've done before. Mm-hmm. And if I, it's hard to sound fresh because all of these things haven't done, whether or not you know it or not. Like I was listening like for that Floyd example, like I know Floyd loves psychedelic sounds and a lot of tape delay and stuff. And, but when I was listening to that, I was like hearing a lot more like aggressive and like, I remember making a, a, a reference to like a Kurt Ballou drum sound. I was like, these drums sound like Kurt Ballou would have done, which is like a really kind of, he does metal music. And I never thought Pink Floyd sounded like that. And I always thought Kirk Lee's drum sound was very original. And at that moment, I was like, well, I guess that drum sound had already been done. Like, I just, it was just done in a modern sense. I didn't realize that. So that's what happens constantly. You're just like, it's good and it's bad. Like, sometimes you feel like you've discovered something new and that's really exciting. And then until you, you find out that someone else did, and you're like, damn, this is actually not new. But you have to look past that and just be like, it was new to me. I didn't realize it. You know what I mean? I was influenced by someone that probably realized that, but I didn't, you know, I didn't draw the connection. Well, I mean, speaking about like comparing yourself to classics, like how do you think this album stacks up against the previous three? I mean, what, what's something about it that really excites you that you, that's not on the other three albums. So more patience involved. The, the journey, the journey is a little more spread out for the listener and us, the player, the patience is rewarding. You know, you got some more, you got some more lulls, not in quality, but in, but in energy and that allows, you know, the ears to take a break and your body to take a break from pounding rock music. And then when you get back to the, when you get back to the boppers, it, it, it feels that much better because you, you took some time to get there. This output is like significantly, I, we look, I personally, at least from my mind, look at it like it's a significant increase in quality. And I still think the other songs we've done yeah. are actually were really well done for what they were. And I don't find like, I don't feel like I see a significant improvement personally in what I've written or helped contribute, right? It's just that these songs are newer, you know, and this is what they sound like. To me, if I look at this and I I don't see it as better, necessarily better than the other album because I can listen to other songs that I find really dear. Maybe I'm nostalgic about still. And I can imagine how I felt when I was writing those. So I don't try to like see them as better or worse at all. They're just newer. And the new is exciting. Mm -hmm. The new is exciting for me. Like now, that's but I'm just I really enjoy novelty in general. Like there's something about just it hasn't existed before, so now it's new to me. I, like I like in five years, I might look back and be like, 
maybe Ready Co was our best record. I don't, I don't know. Maybe like right for right now, our best one is the current one. But who's to say? You know. Does that give you kind of an excitement to go out and play them live more so then? Oh, it's nothing better than playing. Yeah, playing for, the record yeah live. for sure. Yeah, if you, the, if you if you play it less, you want to learn what it is like, you know, how it feels, and show people it, you know, and see how people react to it. Because the other ones you've played enough, you know, like we know that this song usually gets people excited, and this one will be a lull, so we'll use it in a spot that makes sense to relief, add a real little relief in a set list, if you will, you know, because that song works that way live. This new one, we don't know yet how everything's going to work. We played two shows the other day, mm-hmm. two sold-out shows, and our like record release shows. And the first one, we decided to switch the, the set list up because it felt like it wasn't mm-hmm. moving fast enough. But then again, there was a, it was a Thursday night, and it was rainy, and it was like you know a more subdued crowd. Maybe that had something to do with it. Maybe it wasn't our songs. Maybe it was just new songs, subdued crowd. We don't know. So we have to we have to play it like ten times before we start getting an idea, like a little sample size of like what how these songs work, how they sh- when to play them, and that is part of the fun part. It's like learning how people are going to mm-hmm. react to them live. So I mean, in those in that small sample size, how have crowds reacted to the new songs? Are they loving them? Or are they they still kind of figuring them out? How's it going? Yeah, a little bit of both, I would say. Yeah, I mean, hometown show. So I mean, it felt great to yeah. play all of them. There was yeah. there was there there wasn't crickets. No, there was yeah, it was, there was. We're talking about like our just personal uh, threshold on what we feel hits and doesn't. Sure, yeah, yeah. like in home, being a hometown show. I think like we have a pretty supportive town city, mm-hmm. so and, it felt like everyone was having a great time both those nights. Although the first night was a little sleepier as well. Mm-hmm. We also, you know, we started releasing singles like six months ago. We did a single every month, and the full record came out a little over or three weeks ago ish and we, we wanted to make sure that people had the songs in their head and in their bones before before they came out to see us live you know and we the record comes out like a month before the big release show so it was important to us that everyone everyone had the songs before they came and saw us you know there does feel like a more uh you used the word melodramatic before i would not that but there's mm-hmm. a theatrical essence to like some of these new songs because like the opening song of the record has it's almost like an overture it's not an overture in a sense but it it is just like you know like a piece that just pulls you in it's like very cinematic sounding right you're starting a movie and you're watching the or you're watching a tv show that's got an intro intro music thing before the the drama starts or the show starts and that's kind of like that song finally and that adds like it does add like a a little bit more of a drama to like the, what it feels like the live show. There's more of this like it's more like we we storytelling is yeah. happening. More like we've arrived rather than here's the first song. Yeah, yeah. It's not like here's this song, here's that song, here's that song. Like some hip like a hip hop show is just like it's like, you know thirty seconds of a song, another song happens. There's never like a story being told with all. So we're not all of them, but like a lot of nineties like was done that way. And that's how some watching some bands can play. It doesn't have this like. I don't know journey that they take you on, but this new song, this new album has the ability to like string people along and make songs feel like they're part of like a, a full concept, even though they are just individual songs. But I didn't, I didn't bring it up since Jordan wasn't here to, to kind of speak to it. But since you brought it up, I'll kind of that was something that I picked up on was I mean it's a very grand start to the album because I mean it's it's got the strings and it's it's the big kind of thing and then he says like what's he said i can finally start breathing again or what something like yeah, that finally. i mean it really sucks you yeah it really sucks you in 
right from the beginning and it takes you on i mean there's definitely an arc to the songs on the album i mean it definitely you can feel like he's taking you on a story even though there is no like linear story to it uh so i mean i definitely feel that so i mean has that been something that you guys are really trying to work on incorporating into the live set then yeah it's different though like we listening to the the journey on an album is different than seeing it live so we're definitely like we're not we're playing all the new songs but not in the same order because it's just mm -hmm. a different energy live mm -hmm. that one's nice to start out with though because it does kind of like it's like a walkout the intro sounds like almost walkout music in itself you know so it does work well nicely to like walk ourselves out if you will i think especially if you're in a bigger venue you know with you got really nice lights and you can create like an ambience that's that's the idea let's i have not had the opportunity to see you guys live yet but I, I do know you've had one of my other favorites uh illiterate light opening up for you guys lately um and i have been able to see them and the one time i saw them they were opening for another band and they completely wiped the stage with them uh it was just shameful that they could even come out after them i, I mean has that kind of been an approach that you guys have always had as well of just i mean i know you guys are headlining now but is it just kind of a leave it all out on the stage you know, really, I mean, go beyond putting on just a good show of like, we want to make sure you forget the openers and that kind of standpoint. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Not Maybe not intentionally. We just always try to go out there and just give it to them. And uh, we've never really been a, we've never really been in like an opening band, like been a band for a while and always ended up just headlining our own shows or doing co-headlines. And maybe that says something about that. I'm, I, I'm not going to say that like when we, we support, we wipe, we wipe the stage with a, for other bands like that's not something i would ever say but or want to say that'd be cool if we heard that though yeah <laughs> someone's like yeah we never had you as an opener because you would have wiped the stage but <laughs> <laughs> having those guys out is just incredible they're yeah, an they inspiration might, they, might, they might wipe the stage yeah we'll see <laughs> they might wipe my ass actually there was, a, there was a girl there was a girl that came up to me after the show our hometown show friday and she was like did you guys play in the band? And I was like, no, I didn't play. And she's like, I heard the opener was way better than the closer. <laughs> I, like, I remember that. Oh, wow. Now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Very cool. <laughs> so, yeah. So, apparently they do so that. So, they do. They do do that. You yeah. seem like a cool person to hang out with. <laughs> 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 well, I remember, like I, I've interviewed Illiterate Light, and the, the way they framed it was not so much like we're just trying to be better than the headliner. It's more so we're trying to elevate their game. We're hoping that by putting on a great show, that they're coming out and doing a better job because they see what we're doing out there. Absolutely, they're inspirational. It's been they're homies now, and I want them to go out there and fucking kick ass. Their opening set gets me amped every every night. Yeah, it's way better to watch something that you're like actually hyped on. Yeah, yeah, totally. You're stoked on it and you're stoked on those people too they're such good dudes and have been working their asses off for years so it's like cool to share the stage with them and we're gonna get to travel with them coming up too which is awesome so that's kind of where you know that's kind of the the scope of the con conversation that i was looking to have so i mean like you got some dates coming up what's what's on the the schedule for this year for you guys you got a lot of shows more albums in the studio what you got we got a lot of shows we got a lot of shows <laughs> We got a bunch of weekend shit, but in like two weeks, we're going out for a little over three weeks just to Denver and back with a letter at light, um, Midwest and some some Southern stuff. And then June and July are kind of like uh, festival weekends and like summer stuff. And some we're hitting some places we've never hit before, like Toronto and going to Canada. And then once August comes, we're going to go out for like two months nice. and do the whole country again. Well, that sounds uh so do, do you love the tour life or is that just 
is it's going to be hard. I mean, we love playing. We all have a good ass time together, and it's nothing better than playing music with your friends. There's no better way to end it than that statement right there. I mean, that that's perfect, right? The Reverend just dropped the mic. There we go. You, that's great. Well, guys, I appreciate your time today. Thanks for chatting with me. Love the new album. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. Thank you for your time. Thanks for listening to another episode of Yesterday's Concert. Thoughts? Similar experiences? Disagree? Let us know on Twitter, Instagram, and even TikTok. Or you can email us at info at yesterdaysconcert.com. If you're feeling kind, give us a review on Apple Podcast. Otherwise, until next time, give us a subscribe, check out our website, yesterdaysconcert.com, and most importantly, take care of your shoes. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.